0: Digiday podcast. I'm Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. And I'm Tim Peterson, senior media editor at Digiday. So Tim, you had the conversation this week and you spoke with Victor Portrell, who is the VP of content distribution at The Soul Publishing. And I know The Soul Publishing has a lot of social video kind of in their portfolio, but I am really curious to know how significant short-form vertical video is to their overall content strategy right now. Yeah, short-form vertical video is pretty much all of Victor. And I talk about because the reason I wanted to have him on the show, and especially to have him on the show this week, is later this week, YouTube is going to officially start sharing ad revenue with YouTube Shorts creators. And so, this whole publishing has been using uh, YouTube Shorts before it even actually became available in the U.S. They've been using it when YouTube started testing Shorts in India, um, and so he's got you know a pretty you know extended view into shorts and how shorts is developed and so we're able to get into all that they're also pretty active on TikTok and instagram reels and snapchat and even you know pinterest um so we also are able to get you know get into how the different short form vertical video formats compare and contrast across platforms did he seem optimistic about the revenue share that youtube shorts is going to be offering creators uh cautiously optimistic um, it he's not like counting on that revenue coming. It sounds like that'll be gravy money. Um, and I imagine uh, part of that is just because of how early it is. No one really knows how much money there's also, it's just really complicated how YouTube is actually calculating revenue for shorts. Sure. It's like, we just had a explainer video, go up on the uh, digital YouTube channel a week ago kind of breaking down the revenue sharing model for YouTube Shorts. And we you know had another one breaking down TikTok's revenue sharing model, but then also Fortune just reported last week that there are TikTok creators who have hundreds of thousands of followers on that platform and are part of the TikTok Pulse program who are only making $5 in a month. So I think there's just a general um, level of folks not wanting to get over their skis or count their eggs before they hatch or whatever cliche idiom I can include here on like how much money they actually stand to make. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll let you guys get into it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. Victor Petrel, appreciate you coming on the Digital Podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks. I'm very happy to be here, especially because I'm an active listener of the podcast. So it's
0: great to be here. (laughs) That's that's great to hear. I'll take an ego boost any day. Um, So Victor, I wanted to have you on because, you know, a couple days after this episode goes out, YouTube is going to officially start sharing ad revenue with Shorts creators. Um, Pretty momentous. TikTok technically beats them to the punch with Pulse, but still the idea of rev share programs for short form video is pretty novel at this point still. I mean, I think Snap kind of beat everyone to the punch, but um, in kind of the TikTok era it's a bit newer. So I want to talk with you about YouTube Shorts, you know, what, you know, the sole publishing across your properties has been doing with YouTube Shorts. How Shorts fits into the strategy and then, you know, really this, you know, now revenue sharing era of short form video. And so where I want to start is when did the sole publishing or, you know, which of your properties was the first to start posting YouTube Shorts?
1: Yeah, so thanks a lot for the for the question. Very exciting topics. We we actually started uh, quite early on. So a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, uh, we saw the rise of, of TikTok and short form video vertical format. So we started, I think, around uh, October uh, with 5-Minute Craft on TikTok and also Snapchat at the same time. And very shortly after we started straight away on youtube shorts which launched the year, year after in india so we had because we produce and we distribute content in 20 languages we were able to also like straight away tap into that uh, that market so we saw some very good early success so and then after that we we follow suit with, with platforms uh when they they enable this uh this type of, of formats and, and content so so we've been really on board with it from the beginning i think in general it's something we we aim to do, you know, we we put a lot of trust into the platform partners that we work with. So when they identify a format that is going to be important for them, we make sure that we are on board from from day one. So so yeah, I think the journey for us has been going for a few years and that has helped us actually today to be where we are where, you know, we have over 75 billion short views last year. And, and, you know, it's also thanks to this kind of iteration over the years across the different platforms and, and this format.
0: When you started, you know, producing Shorts in 2020. So, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Shorts, as you mentioned initially, YouTube rolled that out in India. And then it was early 2021, I believe first quarter of 2021, that Shorts became available in the States. When you, But when you all first started doing Shorts, was it just taking the you know, videos you were doing on TikTok and repurposing them?
1: Yeah, so at first we were using our existing catalog. So we have extensive archive of different craft content, or, you know, lifestyle, and, and you know, different uh, you know, fun videos. So we basically took some longer videos and started to see how this longer formats. When I say long, you know, I'm talking about three to ten minutes long. How it could fit into a one minute narrative. So we would, yeah, we would, you know, it would be a, a task for our editors, and we would use the metrics and the reception we get on this platform to improve our our editing over time. So that has been how we started with, with this archive content. So it was created for short form, but it was from archive content. Over time, we also started to produce more original IPs directly for short form video vertical content. And I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later.
0: Yeah. And so with that initial strategy of taking, you know, the the, you know, legacy long form videos. The basically the horizontal videos you all were already making and cutting, you know, them into a vertical format. Some folks, you know, started doing that when Snapchat, like, you know, the mid 2010s when Snapchat Discover rolled out, you know, you had like Comedy Central and CNN were among the first channels on there and they were basically taking their TV clips and just cropping them for vertical. Um, And that was pretty common, but it was also like pretty obvious. And there was a lot of discussion over oh should we be shooting things you know specifically for vertical in that vertical format so that we can compose the shot appropriately are people going to see a cropped video and think uh eh. They're not even really trying here. Um, And then there was you know some folks who tried to split the difference. Like I remember going to TasteMade Studio in this would have been like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. I want to say, and they had like their camera set up with their monitor, and on their monitor they put rubber bands to be able to know like what the vertical format framing was. Why did you all you know decide to go with cropping the horizontal videos as the initial strategy? Because I imagine that can be challenging to make that look good in a vertical format and not look like it's just a cropped horizontal video
1: yeah not definitely so I think a couple of things here first we we since the beginning when we started you know digital media and social videos a couple of years ago and started to launch our brands on, on YouTube and Facebook and so on we, we really tried to stay flexible into the different formats so we were doing square we were doing horizontal content and I think even a couple of years before 2019 we were already filming into we call it three formats, So when we frame a shot, we were making sure that this could be cut as horizontal, square, and actually also vertical. So when we had to think about how to use this content, it was obviously a lot easier for some of the brands to make a cut that, yeah, wouldn't look obviously like something is cut and lost uh, for the audience. So I think that has helped a lot. Another thing, and it's more recent, but now we're using a lot more, you know, AI tools and, and different Uh, different, yeah, different uh, softwares that some of them we build in-house where, you know, we're really trying to get that crop right. So it's not just kind of cutting in the middle anywhere, uh, but really like, you know, having different movements uh, within the crop, uh, making sure that if there is some text, you know, there will be some zooming out. So I think the technology also helps to, because now you don't, you you don't not only need to serve one short form uh, video platform, but you need to tailor for five or six. So you know, it's kind of worth to invest also into into the content this way. So, so yeah, we we, we saw that also the audience reception was good. So, so yeah, we we definitely um, use different techniques uh, to make sure that we didn't have to just start from scratch. Because in 2019, obviously, it's it would have been expensive to just start to produce short form vertical video content uh, just like that. So, we wanted to have our first steps, and that was a way to to, to do this.
0: Got it. Okay. So. I mean, the AI tools you mentioned, like that makes me think. I know, and so I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro for the videos I make for DJ. And I know, I think, like it was a couple years ago, they rolled out this like auto reframe feature where basically, like, you put in your horizontal video and the Adobe Sensei AI will pick out, okay, what's the subject of this so that it can crop the vertical format for you and it, it does a fairly good job for you know a computer as opposed to a human editor it's not 100 percent perfect but it gets you know the job done for the most part is that a, more or less like what your own tools are doing or is there more to it yeah so yes
1: some of it uh, so we we're lucky because we, we we have a strong technical background we have over 60 people uh, in our in our company that are working in uh, in it development so so yeah Kind of how to serve different platforms across different formats at scale has always been a priority for us, and of course, vertical format is is has been a growing as a in demand for the audience and also for platforms. So, so they put a lot of focus into how to, you know, how to build these uh, different uh, you know editing tools and, and iterations. But also, I think another important aspect is also the, the content that we produce from. For short short-form video, which is something we started, I think, a a year and a half ago. Um, And and here, obviously, you have some clear advantages in terms of the content that you can create, you know, which would tailor to that specific audience, but also in terms of iteration. uh, Because when we think about, you know, three to ten minute videos, we're, you you know, we're usually quite fast in terms of production time. So we don't, we're not taking months, right? We're taking maybe a week, uh, from ideation to publishing, which is really good. We try to stay a lot, very flexible Uh, for short form content. Sometimes it's just, you know, a few days or even less. Uh, so for those new brands, we can really like improve the content creation process and the production based on, you know, audience reaction even faster than we would do. And, you know, we still do it really fast on longer form videos, but here we, can really accelerate even that even more
0: got it okay and so you know you all started you know making the short form videos for tiktok and snap you know a little over 3 years ago and then you mentioned a year and a half ago you started doing the original videos you know for that like kind of the native videos as opposed to just you know cropping the horizontal stuff so that you know puts the timeline at roughly like a year and a half into being on tiktok and snap and you know by that point you would have been on youtube shorts as well you started making videos specifically for short form vertical what was the turning point like what led you to decide to start making the native vertical short form videos and why then
1: yeah. So, also just to I guess to clarify our strategy. So we we basically had three approaches. One was to just try some short form content for our existing brands. So we would use even existing pages uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, but you know push that specific vertical short form content. So so that was that was actually uh, very interesting because of the exchanges of audiences you can get. Um, uh, the, the second one was to create pages that were dedicated, but more like spin-off of exi- existing brands. So it will be, for instance, a one, two, three, go house, which was kind of collective of you know the different actors, uh, and you know we would mix uh, archive content, but also so some sometimes specifically produced for that pages or channel. And the last one was those uh, you know brand new IPs, and yeah, those we created about a year and a half. What we notice is just that there is this big shift from several platform partners that you know we have, we have big presence on. So I, I don't know if we mentioned, but like right now overall we have 1.5 billion combined followers subscribers across all the different social media and, and streaming platforms, and so. Okay,
0: that's deduplicated then,
1: or no, uh, that's, that's
0: not deduplicated. No, that's yeah. combined, so there it's, may be some overlap.
1: Yeah, I would expect some some people subscribe to a few of our pages. Uh, I would hope. Uh, so, <laughs> Fair. Yeah, so, 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 yeah. In this, um, yeah. In in the, in this. Um, I, I, sorry, I forgot my train of thought. Um, so, well, you
0: were, you were talking about how you have like all of these you know different followers across all the different platforms, and I think you were gonna you know mention uh, It sounded like. I know you had mentioned, you know, TikTok, and we've obviously talked about YouTube and YouTube Shorts and Snap, but it sounded like there may be other platforms you wanted to cite.
1: Uh yes, sure. So yeah, we so the the reason why we decided to to expand with that we we saw that there was such a huge uh, shift uh, from the, the the platforms to go into this content, which also come from the fact that audience and maybe even a little bit younger audience, so Gen Z, was actually really into short form vertical video. And that was like just the way that they wanted to consume content in in some of the context. And that's how they wanted to discover, you know, new brands uh, new creators. And be- because we saw that this shift early on, we, we thought, are we gonna kind of continue with what we do or are we gonna embrace it? Even though, of course, at this point, there's a lot of uncertainty around how we're gonna monetize it. Um, and, and how it would basically uh, pan out, but we just decided to to trust. You know, we have good relationship with most of the social media platforms, with all of them actually. So we 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 just yeah decided to to put our trust into into their priorities as well and align ours with with their. And yeah, I think you know it was the right decision. Uh, because they all continue to put a lot more focus and you know now youtube is is offering further monetization opportunities and all the platforms are working on in one way or another on, on ways to to scale this this business
0: right yeah and so with like starting to produce the, the native short form vertical videos, like it'd be a super basic question for me to uh, be like, Victor, what's the difference between a you know traditional long form horizontal video and a short form vertical video? Like it's pretty, you know, it's baked into the question. These are generally less than, you know, 60 second long videos and they're in the vertical format. But for the videos that those short form vertical videos that you're producing natively, are there any like primary elements to those videos that are notably different beyond just, you know, being, you know, shorter and in that vertical framing.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. Yeah. So they're definitely 60 seconds or less. Uh, And then the second point, uh, it's, we, we had a little shift from, you know, when we had our brands on, 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 let's say the regular video content, I think we didn't necessarily feature so much, uh, some of the personalities or the people. So we, we try to put a little bit more personality into some of those brands. So it doesn't mean necessarily that they are not digital media brands, but I think we put people a bit more forward uh, because we are mindful that the watching context is very different. When you watch uh, longer form videos, you immerse into it and what you might have watched before or after is a little bit more in your control in some ways, where when you into uh, m- most of the platform have some feed in, in way of another, you've watched something before and you're going to watch something after quite soon. Uh, you know, one minute max, basically. So, and there's a context of how the viewer is going to experience you. So you you want to stand out, but you want to fit in at the same time. So for us, uh, it was really about, you know, we noticed that, of, of course, content is a little bit more authentic. Um, it's a little bit more personality driven. So we need to tailor to this while keeping our personality and, you know, keeping our approach of, you know, we, we don't necessarily have in-house creators, uh, you know, they're still our, our brands, but then it's like become more of a collective basically. So if if anything, I think that would be where we kind of had a little shift into the weather and the differences into how we created the content. Uh, and of course we kind of looked as well in terms of, as, as always, all uh, those platforms offer great analytical tools. So it's it's kind of a given in the industry, but I think it's really important to still, look at the metrics and what is performing and we iterated a lot Uh, so you know i think some of the brands have have really you know go into certain topics and then move to others uh, just based on what was the reception or what is the current trend so i think uh, not to underestimate the the power of analytics uh, and and how that can help the creation process
0: when you're talking about personality there are you talking about the on screen talent or are you talking about the personality in terms of you know like the filmmaking style the editing style the camera work yeah i
1: think it's 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 both uh, it's also like m- maybe showing people a bit more but not not necessarily as themselves they can still be actors Uh, and then the camera work also needs to feel authentic Uh, so typically like to go more into the creative side there will be more movement Uh, you know it will be a bit more raw Uh, so I think it's that you know the small details in the style of filming that will be a little bit different but yeah of course also putting people a little bit more forward so they can you know they can they, they might want to see a face to start with instead of maybe some some hands working on some tools or when we go into animation, because we also have uh, an animation uh, animation department and, and different channels and even virtual influencers, then it's kind of the same, you know, it's having that animated character uh, telling the story instead of more of a broad uh, setting or, or setup.
0: Got it. Okay. And I mean, I feel like this probably applies for, all of the Soul publishing properties, but they all seem to be pretty unique in terms of their approach. Zany may even be the term. Like the the camera works, you know, pretty quick. Sometimes it feels like there's like almost like a posterized time effect added to it where there's like a stop motion feel, even though they're like live action videos. And, you know, generally they're pretty over the top when it comes to like the acting and the humor. There's almost like a, a silent movie aspect to it but like maybe like a silent movie on acid is that something that's become like more accentuated as you've been seeing with you know the short form vertical videos that need to be able to stand out in the feed
1: I think I mean we yeah like you say all our different brands they they do their experiment they evolve their style which I think is a really good thing over time so on one hand you have yeah that more in your face type of, of production where, you know, it starts, obviously you want to captivate the audience. You have, you know, a few seconds. It used to be like 15 seconds uh, on YouTube in 2005, then it was five seconds. Now I think it's what one or two seconds to capture <laughs> the attention. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, you know, you, you want a, that kind of dramatic effect um, and, and keep the audience hooked. So you don't want, you want to show them a little bit, but you don't want to, so they stay, but you don't want to show them everything. Otherwise they have seen everything. Uh, So so that's one thing. But then also we see other contents where, for instance, we have uh, Woodmood, which is a brand where it's all this craft that people love to watch, but they will never do them. They just want to watch them because they're actually quite challenging hacks. So it's like how to build an igloo or like a mini house in your garden. Um, And and people really love watching these kind of things. Uh, And and here it's also a very different type of of filming and editing. So it's, it's the same approach where you need to Kind of create the interest straight away that something cool is being is gonna happen, and then use your one minute uh, to to get to the result basically and and as soon as you know we show the final product we see that people are living so so yeah, I think really depending on the type of production we really try to to adapt but it's yeah I would say it's not like a very uh, you know original framework basically it's all about getting that uh, that that attention quite quickly while making sure that you still have something to show after that.
0: We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. You mentioned, you know, the analytics side of things. What are the metrics that you pay the most attention to when it comes to the short form vertical videos? And do they vary, you know, by platform to you know, platform like on you know tiktok is it is you know views you know really the metric that matters whereas on youtube with shorts it's maybe you know watch time so like views times you know average duration of view
1: yeah i i know uh it's it's an ongoing question right so uh i mean views are v- obviously it's it's a it's a very good it's a very good starting point uh you know and it's not just views for for one time you want to being able to have performance that is consistent month over month. So we're definitely tracking our brands and seeing how they evolve, uh, how they can consistently get some hits. Because, yeah, of course, you know, it, it, those, those algorithms, those feeds, they are great for discovery, but uh, you need to make sure that you kind of constantly reinventing yourself and, and get those hits because you can grow an audience but sometimes if you kind of your content is it's changing in a way that your audience is not maybe engaging with it anymore then your your subscribers are getting a little bit uh stale so so for us we're really looking as well at that that growth of of uh, followers subscribers but also viewership month over month and comparing both metrics as well so you know understanding if the audience that we have on these uh, pages or channels are still are still active and we're still reaching people or if you know something maybe has changed and the audience that used to 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 get our content served or to see it is is not watching it anymore
0: at this point between TikTok YouTube Shorts Instagram Reels Snap being kind of like the the main four and even there i feel like there is something of a hierarchy that has emerged well in do you view them all equally or is, you know, TikTok and YouTube shorts maybe have, as you know, have those two kind of eked out the lead and they're the primary focus.
1: For us, we are, we are also, I think even Pinterest, uh, even though it's a little bit different. So we, we are definitely when it comes to, yeah, short form uh, vertical content are serving all the different platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube shorts, uh, and, because it's still early early stages i mean the the whole category is what uh, 4 years old at max uh which is, is quite young uh so we and each platform right now is kind of serving a little bit of a different need so they're all unique in their own ways uh you know tiktok is still like a powerhouse when it comes to viewership uh we had to build our audience from scratch there so maybe our audience are a little bit more new but it's also super interesting uh, creatively uh, where for other platform, we had an established presence. So it's also about continue to build on that. Uh, so I think they're all unique. So right now we are not specifically like betting on one platform or the other. And we still want to make sure that we, we you know, we, we continue to post this short form content because we know it's also a priority for a lot of platforms. They see that the, the audience is is enjoying this experience and they're spending time watching it. Um, I think it's 30 billion views a day on, on YouTube. Uh was it thirty percent on on of uh, Facebook time is spent watching uh, reels? Um, so yeah, I mean every 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 quarter we see some some impressive stats around this. So so we we want to be present on on across across all platforms.
0: And are you producing different videos for each of these platforms as opposed to just producing one video and that goes across TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, Snap, Pinterest?
1: So we have some smaller adaptation uh, on the on the edge. So typically what we aim to do is again we 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 build our own distribution system which help us to to serve those different platforms uh, at scale and so so typically we would aim to post on as many platforms uh, as possible uh, in terms of, of you know a single piece of produced content just because you maximize your chance of, of success but we would do some editing on the on the as well like uh, on some of them based on on the brand so you know if there's something that can be done within uh, the music or the introduction or or adding some some layers of animation that could increase the success on a specific platform we would do it we would not refilm from scratch basically we would always aim to reutilize what we what we what we film across those different platforms just because it makes more sense commercially
0: between say let's say you know TikTok and YouTube shorts cuz now we're going to you know, start shortly getting to talking about the the revenue sharing side of things. So those are the two that are sharing revenue. Um, What is there like a primary difference where on, you know, TikTok, this is the way that we would spice a video up specifically for TikTok, but we wouldn't do that for YouTube shorts and vice versa. This is how we make something more tailored to YouTube shorts, uh, you know, and we wouldn't do that for TikTok.
1: What, what we see is that we have categories of content uh, which are doing well across all platforms. So some of the crafting, some of the some of the more challenge, fun, uh, you know, some of the, the the light pranks that that we do. So so this this category of content generally would have a chance of performing well across uh, any short form video. But then when it comes to like specific video, it's it can be sometimes hard to predict uh, the success. So on YouTube, we we posted on five minute craft family. Uh, I think it was quite in the early stage, like a video, um, a short form video about how to make soap. And that became for a while, the most view shorts on, uh, on YouTube, uh, over 500 million views. Uh, but that didn't find that kind of same success on the other platforms, even though it did well. So I cannot say that we knew that this specific video uh, would uh, perform really well. I think it's also important to, that's why we think it's important to, to make sure to diversify the distribution. Uh, because you never know uh, how one one video would would perform, uh, and then when it comes to to differences, I think definitely I think the, the the there is a trend element. So our teams that are you know closer to the platform, the one that are posting the content, they are, they are really in tune with the trends. We have we also have a team that is kind of. Uh, specialise into understanding what are the trends on the platforms and and getting that back to the team. So we will also react uh, to that and we because we have a lar- large archive catalog, we can also go back and, and find the right content for that moment so uh, and post it quickly as well because in some instances it would already be produced or it just needs to be adapted for for vertical content.
0: So let's start talking about the money stuff. So last year so obviously the YouTube Shorts Rev Share program just about to start, but hasn't started yet. But TikTok's revenue sharing program has started. It announced pulse in May of 2022. Um, and then you know been testing it over the summer and then like late last year i started hearing from a lot more creators who were getting invites into the program and um we're curious to hear like you know others experiences or you know what others kind of you know made of the program do you have any accounts that are part of pulse
1: yeah sure so we because actually because we're a digital media publisher with TikTok uh, and we were part of different programs in the past, uh, we, we haven't yet had access to all that uh, opportunity across all our accounts. I have to check if if uh, we had uh, some of them that were enabled. From what I understand, the, the program is quite uh, new and they're still testing it, so it's very early phase. I would expect that with a YouTube announcement uh, and, and start of monetization, they will definitely want to roll that up more aggressively. And actually, I expect that most platforms uh, will will kind of follow suit and start to look into how they can help fuel the the, the creative and the creator economy as well that uh, that is going on in their platforms.
0: The big thing I've been hearing from creators about TikTok Pulse is they keep asking me if I know of any creators who are making any money through Pulse. Have you heard whether creators are like whether Pulse is generating much money for creators at this point?
1: I, I haven't heard uh, so much. Uh, wh- what I know is that TikTok is still. A priority platform for for many creators and for us as well, just because you know even necessarily without scalable monetization or revenue sharing, it's definitely a platform which has like a, a large audience, uh, one that is Gen Z, so still difficult to reach for many people. So so yeah, I I still see that there will be a lot of investment uh, in terms of time and resources from creators and digital media into the platform. But at some point, they also will need to 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 look at, you know, sharing and helping kind of fuel the, the content creation as well. Otherwise, I think it might be that's especially like creators that are born on TikTok, they're going to start to look for opportunities to, to create a business somewhere else.
0: Right. Yeah. There was a, a fortune story yesterday I saw where they talked to some creators who are part of Pulse and these creators have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok. And they said they've only gotten like $5 a month. What do you make of that?
1: I think it's probably one of this testing phase. And like many platforms, they tend to launch things quite fast and set them live. Um, so I I used to work at uh, at YouTube actually for six years, uh, and you know it, it's it's still that mentality of kind of launch things and put them live and then adjust them. So yeah, it's the beginning of their journey into this monetization. Uh, TikTok is hasn't historically had such program, so I think it's kind of the beginning of it. Uh, I, I would give it a couple of, of months and see how it evolves. On the other hand, you have YouTube, which has 15 years experience into providing scalable monetization. I think they gave, uh, they shared more than 50 billion uh, during that time. So of course, you know, they have more experience into how to do the payments at scale, how to, to monetize, how to um, how to handle the creator relationship uh, around it. So, so, yeah, but I, w- I you know, I've, I guess that's kind of just how those things are usually launched uh, and and you know they will continue to iterate on it
0: right and i guess like the thing with you know youtube is it's still newer to selling shorts ads because this is a a different format for youtube to be selling compared to like the traditional pre-roll and uh, mid-roll ads that are you know a bit longer and then the horizontal format there's also like the big difference between how YouTube is going to be calculating rev share for Shorts versus how TikTok's been doing it with Pulse. TikTok Pulse is basically like a post-roll program. YouTube Shorts, there's um, this creator pool. So basically they add up all the money that will be earmarked for creators and then divvy it up based on um, percentage of views. There's also like a music licensing tax. We have a, a video up on the site and the Digital YouTube channel talking about uh, how exactly YouTube is calculating the YouTube shorts revenue share in this creator pool. What do you make of this revenue sharing model that YouTube is implementing for shorts where again, it's they add up all the revenue from ads running in the shorts feed, um, all the views from videos running in the shorts feed, they deduct for views of videos that contain music, And then that goes into the creator pool and then creators get a share of that money based on their percentage of views. It's like, one, it's pretty complicated, but then two, it also makes it feel really tricky to know as a creator or publisher how much revenue you can actually expect to generate. It's not like traditional YouTube where if you're a your finance creator, for example, you know your CPMs are going to be pretty high on your videos, whereas if you're like a lifestyle creator, you may not have as high of CPMs.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. By the way, I saw that video and uh, send it around because <laughs> I think you, you did the best breakdown of the, the revenue. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> so this little promo for the listeners to to check it out. Um, so yeah, that was great. Uh, so, so yeah, I think that there's definitely this music component, which is new uh, because before you either use someone else uh, music and you know they would claim the rights or you have to get the right to the music or use your own Uh, and then there's no question of like where the music rights stands so that's definitely new i think the reason for it is also because music is such a important part of short form vertical video so a lot of the trends are based on specific uh, music or sounds so I think it's it's makes sense that you know some of that uh, that revenue that is generated also goes to the artists. Uh, at the Soul Publishing, we actually also produce music, so uh, some of our artists have uh, I've got some 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 tunes that got like billion views across those different short form videos. So so we think it's actually a good thing as well to, to support the the music behind it because it cannot just be that uh, people will will go to the album. Although it's it's also a nice thing. So. So I think it was a way for YouTube to kind of simplify this process even though it's super complicated when you have to explain it. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I think it's it will be a good thing for for artists for music uh, in terms of what we you know how we can predict uh, and you know what will be the expectations. Yeah, of course it's difficult. I think how we see it is you know we're going to wait and see <laughs> on the first bonds like uh, you know what 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 this kind of money I would I would expect that also it's not going to be something where uh, straight away we'll be able to tell, you know, I'm sure YouTube will continue to improve the system um, and and also advertisers will continue to, to to come to YouTube short. I think that's actually a very good side effects uh, because when, when YouTube was launching back in the days, like in-stream ads, like skippable ads, I think people were saying like, you know, everyone's just gonna skip basically. <laughs> Nobody's gonna watch the ad, but then advertisers started to learn how to create those videos that are interesting for the audience enough that you know you might come for a video, but then you end up watching the ad, um, and it's better than what you were coming to to, to start uh, watching initially. So I think the same for shorts. It will definitely push the advertiser because the way it's integrated, you know, you have your kind of short ad coming up as like a regular short. So it will be interesting to see how advertisers start to embrace. The format, um, and probably they will need some 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 help as well from for people that are expert uh, within it, uh, and and yeah, and make sure that they can also grab that attention. So I think it's a good side effect that will kind of drive the industry more towards towards this content, not just you know creators or viewers that are already there, but also advertiser to to really understand it more, not just throw some budget, uh, but also think about the creative that makes sense.
0: With your YouTube shorts, do you see that the ones that include music generally get more or less views than the shorts that don't have music?
1: I would say it's not so much about like music or no music, but it's more around the trend. So there are definitely some 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 moments, uh, I think last year it was with BTS, for instance, you know, when they launched something new where, of course, people are going to be searching for that specific uh, sound or music. Or they will tend to watch more content which has this specific music, uh, and, and then obviously they will be served more of it as well uh, because it's something that they seem to to engage with most. And then you have the different trends, you know, where like a music go viral out of the blue. So that happens uh, every every week, it seems. Uh, and and that's that's another uh, that's another way where you can actually grow traffic. Uh, so and, and at the same time, we have some shorts where you know it's just people talking or some reactions uh, and you know it might go viral as well so it's hard to say you know and and i think also i don't think we will necessarily change our content creation process based on music or no music because we might get a little bit more money here and there i think we'll kind of continue to to try to grow rich uh, because that's also like you know our, one of our goals and then and then yeah we, we're not gonna like change our and i, I wouldn't expect anyone would start to all of a sudden stop using music because they can make a little bit more uh, revenue.
0: Right, well, especially because it's not even, you know, all that clear whether they would necessarily make more revenue by not using music. So, you know, for anyone you know listening who's uh, a little confused by what Victor and I are alluding to, basically, if you include music in your video and you're part of the YouTube Shorts RevShare program, YouTube will then, you know, basically cut your views in half. Um, the amount of money that you get... You know, from, you know, ad revenues, depending on how many views that you have, but for videos that include a song, you, you know, the number of views credited to you is cut, you know, by 50%. But I think like generally there's the idea that, uh, videos that include music, because it's you know, usually like a, some trending song. Like I imagine right now um, there's that new Miley Cyrus song and I imagine videos that include that song are probably doing video better than the average video that ha- doesn't have a song in it. So it's like, oh, if I include music in a video, I'll probably get more views, but then I have to kind of sacrifice 50% of those views. And so it, there's almost like a calculus folks are going to have to be doing if they want to of, well... Will I get so many more views by including this song that it'll cover that fifty percent views hit that um you know I'll be taking from you know including this song, or am I better off not including the music and then you know seeing what share of the revenue I get there it's It's one of those things that like I'm just thinking a lot about because it's it kind of hurts my brain a little bit, <laughs> yeah, and I think also
1: there's this other thing where the music is taken before the pool is created, so So yeah, like you say, even if you don't use music, then your pool might be smaller because everyone else has used music. So uh, I don't know. what. (laughs) I I just think like it's, I wouldn't want, I mean, we're not going to overthink that. I wouldn't want anyone to start to, uh, I mean, it's obviously good to understand the system, but then, yeah, I wouldn't want to like drastically change what we do uh, based on, on, on this. And I think it will also like, evolve over time and and there will be more intersection of you know different short form video creators and ourselves for instance doing music so ultimately you know everyone can can benefit from that so i think the the important thing here is that kind of direction where uh, you know platforms are putting more efforts into wanting to to reward creator for their content creation and and so they can reinvest some of the earnings into 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 what they do and 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 kind of continue to grow with this format.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird, like almost sociological experiment because it's like, oh, if I include music, then I'll probably get more views. And so I'll get a greater share of the revenue pie of the you know creator pool from that. But there's going to be less money actually going into that creator pool overall because I used music and so it's kind of this dynamic of do i want more views or do i want more money you know getting shared among all the other creators it's almost like am i just you know in it for myself or am i trying to be a bit more altruistic um i mean with that like do you see so that's youtube's revenue share model pretty complicated again the tiktok one is basically just a post roll program but then the tiktok one the issue is Only the, um, well, your account has to have at least 100,000 followers, Um, but then only the top 4% of videos on the platform actually qualify for a rev share. So you can be part of the Pulse program and actually never see a dime from Pulse, whereas with YouTube Shorts, you know, if you're part of that program, you're going to see some money depending on, you know, assuming like the videos you post are eligible um, and that you like you get. You know enough views, but you can pretty much count on a check coming from YouTube each month. TikTok, you may never see a check, despite you know um, having the hundred thousand followers. Is one preferable to the other from your vantage?
1: Yeah, I think, and there's also another element is because each each pot is basically for each uh, country, so that will be like another thing. It's like where is your audience based? And I would it. so not to overcomplicate things. I don't think you need to do another video just just yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that will be. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, and, you know, there's also the platform that are trying this approach, different approach, like Facebook has been testing overlay ads, for instance, which are straight into the, the content. So I think those are early stage. They all have slightly different approach to it. Ultimately, it will come to, uh, you know, is, is, is this uh, revenue stream like enough to, for, for a large part of the people that are invested into short-form content to, to kind of continue to do it and, and to, to grow their business? I mean, people are doing it anyway, like we're doing it anyway. Like we use short-form content uh, also to drive uh, revenue or to drive traffic to, to longer-form videos on, on, on platforms. We use it to build new IPs, which then we can grow into, into longer form videos, including OTT and, and fast channels. So, you know, I think, you know, it's not just going to be about that uh, revenue share monetization for people to continue to invest, but I would expect that each platform is going to continue to to tweak their programs uh, and their approach to find a way to monetize this content. And it, it reminds me a lot about the, uh, the video industry industry back in the days of of yeah the beginning of of online video where you know nobody really knew how this would be monetized and people were saying that nobody's going to make money from online video but now it's like a billion uh, dollar industry so so yeah i i think we are in the early days of this so it's quite exciting um and and we will see how each program evolves and and get closer to reward content creation
0: i'm waiting for when Either you have, you know, a bunch of creators and publishers from TikTok or from YouTube shorts saying, oh, I'm getting all of this money because until that happens, both of the platforms are going to be able to say, oh, it's still early. You know, we're doing our best to support creators, but it's still early. But once there's evidence that like, yo, YouTube's really paying people or yo, TikTok's really paying people, that's going to up the pressure on the other. And And I guess like, and we can end with this, like. So TikTok has a revenue sharing program now. YouTube Shorts is days away from having a revenue sharing program. Instagram Reels, no revenue sharing program. Is is Instagram Reels kind of getting left in the dust a bit
1: now? I think yeah, for us, we, we've used Instagram Reels. Again, it's not about just waiting for that single monetization. I think Instagram as a platform is used for many different purposes and advertisers are still very excited about it. And there's still like a large audience that is interacting with 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 all kind of formats there, so reels can be used as a way to to you know to find your audience. so I wouldn't expect that you know right now this is gonna be a big problem that uh, you know they're, they do not necessarily have to figure out this specific reels uh, monetization uh, instagram didn't provide any uh you know meaningful monetization on on their longer form content either uh, and this didn't stop it from from growing so so yeah i i don't think it's other than
0: it shut down i g t v so it didn't really help <laughs> yeah
1: they they merged it <laughs> yeah have yeah, merged it that's the nice <laughs> yeah yes, sunset it as they say in the tech companies um so so in uh so so yeah i i you know i think it if anything it will be again a good thing because these discussions they are they are you know putting putting it on top of the of the agenda of 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 advertisers of of, uh, of creators and, and of, of digital media companies and also platforms. So if anything, you know, they might want to start to, to also just make sure that they are not left behind, like you say, even though I don't think they will in the short
0: term. All right, Victor Petrel, appreciate you coming on the show. Always enjoy talking with you. Thanks a lot, Tim. And thank you for listening to the Digiday podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Oh,